maybe that wasn't the smartest move, but I won, buddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite off-season show in the entire universe. Part of the Athletic Fantasy <laughs> Baseball Podcast Network. Network. With me as always, my friend and yours. Network, network. Good morning. <laughs> your friend and my... Well, you know what? I thought I had already said podcast, and then I said podcast again, so I just figured I'd repeat network for the joke that I repeated podcast. Your friend of mine, Ekan. Hello, my friend. What's happening? Hey, uh, let's go. Now we can talk hey, about fun. Ian's teams. Congratulations to number nine main event winner, Ian Khan and Robert, comma, yeah. in parentheses, and Robert Mershak. Oh, no. But Robert Mershak is the name on the team. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> now, Mershak, uh, yeah, but, and it was, uh, you know, congratulations to Derek Van Riper, too. Derek Van Riper is such a jerk. I told him this right before the show, before you came on, Nato. He's such a jerk because this whole season, I'm like sweating out Tout Wars NL and talking about like, ah, I figure out a way to win. I gotta figure out a way to win. Gotta figure out a way to win. He won the league by like, he won his league by 20 points. Different. Look at that, man. Congratulations. Cruise to the end. It literally wasn't until like two days before the season was over. I was like, let me see where everyone else is. And I was like, DVR is winning his league by 20 points. I find Insane. it hard to believe that you didn't look. No, I mean, I'm I'm not looking at the... I was in that league last year, but I wasn't looking at... what. what it's the Tout Mixed Auction, right, TVR? Yep, that's the one. What was the final score? 117.5 to 96. Tim Heaney took second. Oof. We made a trade together when the league was like really close, kind of in, I don't know, July or August. I forget when exactly the trade was, but... The standings were really bunched up for a long time. I built a really imbalanced team in that league, had way too much hitting, had to trade for a bunch of pitchers. So it took, I think, three separate trades to make sure I had enough pitching. And the funny thing about this team is I won by a pretty healthy margin, but I had a combined seven and a half standings points in steals and saves. So what? Yeah. So, I mean, you can crush the other categories and kind of, you know, do well, do OK in one of steals and saves and then not even do anything in the other and still come up with enough points. Didn't think that was wow. really possible. I mean, I, I understand how the numbers work. I didn't think you could win that way. So I, I don't know if it's something I want to try and ever repeat, but it no. just happened to play out that way. I don't like hunting stuff. See, I did the Ariel Cohen impression before the show. So now I, I, I got a little bit of that in there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like punting categories like that. Um, but if it ends up that way and you ended up winning by almost 20 points, that's that's pretty significant, man. And you also took down Maki for the second year in a row. Look at that. By one point. I, I knew that was going to be a sweat, and it uh, absolutely was. Jim Bibby Sweat was your opponent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you say no that. No pun intended. Yeah, John Topper, no longtime Rotowire writer, uh, covers all the Pittsburgh teams. So if you read, if you've ever read a Pittsburgh player note, there's a very good chance that. John Topperser wrote it. Uh, Topper is a really, really strong player. Um, I, to Dr. Thomas Scott and I came in third place in that league. Uh, how many? 16-team league? Is that right? 16. 16. 16 team league. Yeah, so it was uh it was uh it was a fight to the end, but you guys, the two of you kind of started pulling away like in mid-August, and we were sort of locked in at third. Do you blame Dr. Thomas Scott for not carrying any weight in that league? Uh no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I, I wish Dr. Thomas Scott and I got to spend more time on the phone. He's been quite busy, kind of saving, you know, the world with his children, uh, with you know, as a pediatrician. But uh, no, no, we have, we have we have a good time, and that team is that league is always fun. And as I kind of look at like what leagues we're gonna keep and what leagues I can't keep at a certain point, it's so hard. 
because it's like, ah, do we keep Maki and everything else? The team is in great shape. Like it's ready to compete again next year. But it's just really hard because it's like you got to drop leagues. I have to drop leagues still. So, uh, but yeah, but congratulations to DVR. I mean, it's a huge, huge back to back and and winning Tout Wars. It's really awesome. Uh, are you going to drop like how like how I guess how are you going to order dropping leagues? I think this is kind of an important topic because I don't like I had to drop leagues and I, I want to drop more leagues. And you know, one of them was like I had a co owner. We had a great time with this league. I'm just like I can't like. I don't like this league anymore and I don't have the time, you know, like, I'm sorry, but I love you and let's hang out and, Hey, you know, we'll get some food one day, but no, (laughs) the health of a league is very important to me. There's a a league that I was working with Brett Sayer. I talked about this league for a very long time. I've got to call Chris Fargus actually and let him know. Oh, so sorry, Chris. I think you're probably listening, but that's a tough league to plan because it does not have the cohesion quite. So it's like, I don't really know any of the other players in the league. It's not as much fun to do and it becomes harder to make moves. You know, it makes people don't want to get on the phone and they don't, you know, like whatever, dude, I don't care. It's, you know, it's a thousand dollar a year league, but for me it's, that's like 15 cents as opposed to some other leagues, which might be much smaller stakes, but people take it much more personally and much more seriously. So, you know, it's, I think that's a, that's a big thing for me is sort of like, you know, how, how do you decide what leagues to drop? DVR, how do you decide to drop a league? For baseball, it doesn't happen very often. And I think it would be the health of the league, right? How well do I know the people in it? How long have I been in the league? Is the league fun and competitive yeah. every year? You know, if it, if it ticks those boxes, I probably stay in. But otherwise, the non-keeper leagues are the easiest ones to let go of. You just don't yeah, sign totally. up again, right? It's If you've... If you haven't put multiple years in and you don't have those established friendships, then I think it's a little easier to just scale back a little. But everything I did this year, I'm looking at the mix of leagues I had. I did a pretty good job of of not having too many leagues that were the same format. I found that was the the other way to cut a few years ago, is that if I had you know, three or four leagues that were 15-team mm-hmm. mixed league auction format, that I could probably cut down to one or two instead. And then each league I was in, if I said yes to an invitation, it was more about filling in a format that I wasn't necessarily playing. Yeah, so, that's right. you know, RDI was a 20-team dynasty league. So that was an easy one to say yes to because I wasn't in a deep dynasty league like that. Um, I might join an auto new league this year because I don't play in an auto new league and I want to try that. So I'm, I'm like willing to add a league if it's different. And the leagues I'm leaning toward cutting tend to be just a little more redundant. Is it time... Like, for me, it's t- like, like I don't want to say this out loud, but like Tower Wars, right? Like, if it was best ball, I'd be all for it. Draft and hold, man. I feel like I got to go to on road or like three times a week and like change lineups. I'm not even adding or dropping players. I'm just changing lineups. So at this point, it's kind of like, I don't know, man. There's no money on the line. I do love the thing is that keeps me going is like the touts. Like, I love Zola. I love Erickson. I love all that. Like, Chandler. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be a jerk. Like I do the tout table. Well, I did the tout table before Ian sucked the joy out of that for me. Yeah. So I did. That, yeah. I did the tout table. And like, I enjoy doing all that stuff, like, you know, the good for the industry kind of stuff, but I just don't like playing in the league anymore. It's, I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. For me, it comes down to how often am I, how, how often am I disturbed by a league? <laughs> what I mean is like, how often is there a, you got to balance everything out. So, like, do you get an email saying, hey, this is crap, this is not fair, this just happened, this just happened. Now, those happen enough, and it becomes 
less fun. There's not enough money attached to it where it's like part of your life or part of your job. So it's it's really, for me, a balance of, am I enjoying it more than it's work? And if it's work, I'm not interested anymore. I don't feel I have anything to prove to anybody. I'm only going to play in leagues that I like the people and that I'm having a good time. That's it. Like if, if, if there's a night where I didn't sleep because of a league, that league is on the block. That league is on the chopping block. Like, Why would you hey, not sleep? Like obsessing, obsessing over it or like, I just, you know, no, no, I don't know. I didn't sleep the last week of the season. I could not sleep. I was so anxious about how the season was going to end. Um, I really was. And, and that's, that's okay. That's, that's good. That's good. No sleep. No sleep is when someone says, uh, if, if let's say I see someone make a trade that feels weird and it feels like, like, why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And there's no answer to it. Or if I make a trade with somebody and someone comes along and says, Hey, that's not fair. What he's doing is not fair. That's why you win. And blah, blah, blah. And if that happens, then it's like, screw you, man. I'm not I, 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 fine. Okay. I'll take my ball and I'll go home. You know, I very much. So very much. It feels that way. And, and that, that happens sometimes it doesn't happen other times, but if there's more drama than fun, not interested. You know what else it is for me is is like I if everything was on CBS that'd be like because I can just go right to the CBS app I can start pulling things down, um, and then like you know like it's all in one place like I gotta go to Onroto I gotta go to ScoreSheet I gotta go to CBS I gotta go to Yahoo yeah I just wish I, could, I like I want to consolidate I'm sure there's an app for that that I'm never gonna there download. should be an app for that there has got to be a really smart person who can develop an app Nado Defino can be your partner he can get it he can get it the money and you can make tons of money. Develop an app that puts all of the, you know, fan tracks and CBS and Onroto and RT, all of them into one site that you can just take care of everything. There should be a way to do that, no? I don't know. I, th- I think so. I assume so. I mean, we can, like, build robots that can dance. So, like, we should be able to build a website. <laughs> we also should find a way that Shohei Otani can get full use in leagues. But that's a, that's another question. Still. Did we talk about that on this show or did I read that on Reddit that someone f- thought they figured out a way? It was, uh, what's the, what's the fan graphs game that, uh, you know, loves it. The dude, uh, Autonew. Yeah. Autonew. I read a, there was a blog post and I only read half of it before I got pulled away for something else. But like there was a, there was a post about it. they've perfected the way to use Shohei Otani. Autonew has figured it out and I got halfway through it and then I just lost track of it yeah that wasn't that wasn't on our show we didn't talk about it we haven't talked about it in a couple of years there's a blog post somewhere about the auto new has figured out the perfect let me see if i can find it you two brag about your league titles by the way i want a home league so like you know hey well tell us about your home league it paid 750 bucks on 150 dollars buy-in so we got to talk about that like it's that's very weird i found that a little bit too it's like oh that's, that's all we got yeah. that's all we get for winning the league feels like you should get a little bit more yeah really i mean like what's the is it what a, a 5x payout for a 12 team league just doesn't seem to make I'm like what are you doing with this money he's like well you know the points winner gets one and then you know like second place gets some and then I'm like alright whatever man like maybe we're giving too much to the second place team. was this an AL only league or was this a mixed league no this is super surface points league CBS you know not even like middle corner but uh you know figured out finally like that you just gotta your first seven picks have to be pitchers that's it and then yes. you can build up your offense but yeah, that's what I'm going to do every year now. I'm going to win. I'm just going to get like my first seven picks are going to be pitchers. So, hey, and you know what? Look, they're, they're also like you could figure out what format you play well in. What's your best format? 
you know? And yes. it, I, I also like DVR. I like that idea because I remember when I was in the tout head to head years ago, I had to, I, I ended up dropping my home league that I created for two years because I was in another head to head league. And I was like, it's just too much head to head. Like I, I'm really focusing on tout wars as I do every year. I really focus on tout wars and labor. Um, and I, I got rid of my home league and then they let me back in the league this year. Cause I was like, wait a minute, I don't play in that old one anymore. I can come back. I don't have to be the commissioner anymore. I can just have a good time. And I did end up having a good time. And tip of the hat to my friend, Matt Gaines, who uh, won like his, I think, fourth championship in that league. That's the one that Fred Weller uh, wrote the song about. Uh, my team came in third place. We ended up, um, there's no we, it's just me. Uh, I came in third place in that league as well and had to head lost in the semifinals. <laughs> Your default is we. You have so many yeah, well, Because it is. I mean, so many of my leagues, outside of labor, uh, tout, and this head-to-head league, I have a partner in every league. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was, it, it's a fun league. So, yeah, finding the different places is really good. But so what, on on that team, who was your favorite player on that team? I don't even remember what the team looked like, to be honest with you, man. Okay, then this is... It's just ones and zeros at this point, you know what I mean? I can look it up. DVR, in terms of tout mixed, what would you say was the key? We understand how you did it, but what was the key thing you think that you did that made it? Was it the draft, the auction, or was it pickups, or was it trades? Like, what was the key that put you to the top? It was definitely successful in-season decision-making because Spencer Strider was a really cheap fab pickup at the beginning of the season. So that was a massive hit because if I was imbalanced, I was too heavy with hitting out into pitching earlier in the year, hitting on Strider. I spent a lot on George Kirby, but being, being right about both of those players was really important because if I, if I missed or only found one of those guys, I may have been, too far behind in pitching to make up the ground yeah. that I made up. You know, I may have made those trades too late or not been able to just get enough. So wait a minute. You if you picked up George Kirby, my guess is you picked him up like in the third or fourth week. How much did you spend of your budget for that? 207. Okay, so now the year before, you spent $22 in GDD on Tyler Gilbert and you said at the end of last year that that was a big I think it was Tyler Gilbert, right? Because then you changed your name to $22 for Tyler Gilbert for a while. And then you said that that was not the right move. I remember you talking about it saying I, I overspent there, but then you did the exact same thing again this year with George Kirby and it worked out for you. What, what is the, what is the takeaway between that? Is it worth spending big on a rookie pitcher? It was this year, obviously it is. If you don't have enough pitching and it's early in the season. And I think the other difference between those two leagues is tout wars has fab redemption. So if you lose a player to an injury, you get mm-hmm. some fab back. Right. And when you're playing with the thousand dollar budget versus the $100 budget, I think you can be a little more aggressive because the, you can break the thousand into a lot more smaller pieces to keep getting players. Yes. Whereas if you spend a good chunk of a hundred, it's going to hurt you a little bit more later on. So uh, a few subtle differences, but the big one, I think, was just the the timing. I think the Gilbert move last year, when I added Logan Gilbert, was that June or July? It was, yeah, it was, it was July. It was late. It was late, and I think at that point, I had one one player wasn't going to save my season. I think that was part of what made that a mistake. Gotcha. Nando, were you able to pull up your home league? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. So who who was what was the key to your title? Probably Nestor Cortez. 
You know, that sounds like a joke and it's not. <laughs> no, well, I'm, like, I'm, looking at, well, I'm looking at the projected actual lines. You know, I, people should save these. Like when they mock your rent, like, and this isn't just like a CV. This is wherever. Rankings, projected, actual. Like I had Dalton Varsho, projected 233, actual 97. I had Pete Alonzo, who they pretty much hit on, 1417. Ty France was projected 96, actual 76. Matt Chapman, 199, 108. This is a points league. Mm-hmm. Correa was 113 to 98. Eloy was Eloy was a bust, 127 to 201. Josh Naylor, I grabbed middle of the season, 243 to 105. Giancarlo Stanton was a bust, 179 to 172. That's not a bust. That's pretty much where he was. No, he was projected at 79th and finished 172. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said 179 to 172. No, sorry. My apologies. My bad. Bobby Witt was projected 231. He turned out 66. That's years. how you won. That's how you won the league. What? Bobby Witt. Bobby uh, Witt. Bobby Witt but you know what? Bobby Witt barely played for me. Let me tell you why. Wait, what? Shohei Otani, I had in utility. I, I like first week I had him as a pitcher, and then I'm like, I got too many good pitchers. Like my staff was Bieber, Burns, Cortez, Tristan McKenzie, and Carlos Rodon, and then Shane McCl- Shane McClanahan and Frankie Montas. Oh, dude, your your team won for a reason. And this team is a very good team. This is a very very good team. Good build. total domination, and also your guys too. Like Tristan McKenzie, you've been you've been banging the drum on Tristan McKenzie and Nestor Cortez for quite some time. Just yeah. to give you some, just to give you the proper respect on that. Thank you. And McKenzie, I don't know if you watched him the other day, but was just out of control. Good. Doug Glanville was calling that game. Um, who I like very much. He's just the best guy too. And but McKenzie was killing it. He was. He he looks like everything you dreamed he might be. And Nestor Cortez. That's how you win the league. That's how you win the league. Maybe. But I mean, it's a points league, and so it's like tight. You know what I mean? Like it's. Anyway, the point is, I I had too many good players. I barely started Bobby Witt. Barely got Bobby. Wait, Witt but in how? Line. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How is that possible? Who did you have? At, you had shortstop. All right, Carlos Correa. Yeah, but so middle infield. Who was a middle? There's infield? no middle infield. This is just like a first, second, third, short, three outfielders in a utility. But so you were starting Matt Chapman over Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, it's a points league. Uh, okay. Maybe that wasn't the smartest move, but I won, buddy. <laughs> okay well, there you go <laughs> there's your opening there's your opening right there <laughs> may not have been yeah. the smartest move but i won buddy take that I, I i did that thing that you taught me like i i blocked my internal chip that wants to go deep all the time and i'm like all right you know what this is a stupid points league i'm gonna start stupid matt chapman instead of bobby witt jr and i guess at the end of the year that didn't work out uh bobby witt had more points than matt chapman but still but but also wait a minute. It is clearly in that league you can get away with just going pitcher 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 because the difference between the hitters you can get a good. I mean, if it's only you only start nine hitters and seven pitchers, is that the idea? Do you want me to count them? Yeah, eyeballing it. Yes, that sounds about right. So nine hitters, seven pitchers. Yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. It's just you know, maybe four or five pitchers first, and then grab a. Once you know, I don't know where Juan Soto goes. That's a that's an interesting league. I, I don't play in any leagues like that. That might be an interesting. Uh, don't I don't I don't I don't play points leagues. I feel like I'm dumbing myself down and just like drafting to ADP, and then finally in the you know, reserve rounds, I'm like, all right, now I can take my guys. Is that where you get Nestor? I think. I yeah. assume. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look at the draft. Anyway, this is no one cares about this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is just me beating up on my college friends. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, but but at the end of the season, I'll share a little bit about what my final week was like because it was nail-bitingly scary. <laughs> it was so anxious because um, I so bad. You know, the main event, and Rob's going to get mad at me that I feel this way. Uh, the main event was great. It was cool. But I wanted the Tout Wars win more than I wanted the money in main event. I know that sounds stupid. And now when I'm looking at taking the payout and I'm like, Oh, well, it would have been nicer to get a little bit more money. But we, we actually, uh, we dropped like four points on the last day because we started Davis. What's his last name? It was the only time of the year that we stream somebody. Davis up. Yep. (laughs) Nine runs in one, two thirds innings. Oh, that was rough. I mean, it, yeah, it should have been fine. It looked like a, useful end of season stream and Mm -hmm. the worst possible outcome for ratios happened yep and we lost we went from five fifth place where we would have gotten an extra i forget now i think twenty five thousand to um ninth place where we got an extra like ten nine thousand i think um yeah but the upside was if he had pitched well we could have gotten third place which would have been thirty five thousand so you go for it, yeah. You know? Yeah, you, you go for that because the downside of losing six grand to the upside of gaining twenty grand. But it was the first time we had streamed all season. We did not stream once. We just avoided streaming. Um, but we we did it and we went for it. And I signed off on it. I looked at film of the kid and I was like, yes, yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, he's got a really good slider, throws pretty hard. I liked his makeup on the mound, so I was like, let's go for it. And we did. And, uh, and I was doing Yom Kippur with my family, so I couldn't even watch. <laughs> and, and then like finally Yom Kippur's over. I'm like, all right, it's the last day of the season. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Oh no. Oh, that's bad. It was really bad. It was like, we get two blow ups, three blow ups a year, the Joe Ross's experience. Right. And that happened. <laughs> so we picked him up in DL one and Rob's like, can I cut him please? I guess you please feel free to cut him. Um, but it was, it was all about NL tout for me. I really wanted that. I really wanted that victory. Um, was that your, is this like your EGOT moment? Like how many more touts do you have to collect? I've got two and four years in tout, but I mean, you've got like tout mixed and now you have tout NL. So no, I have tout win head tout to head. AL. Right. Okay. Well, actually, it was DVR who told me when I was saying, "Hey, should I stay in head to head?" And DVR was like, "No, <laughs> you should move from head to head, and you should try to win one in every year in every league. Uh, you're young enough that you could actually try to pull that off." I don't know. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stay in NL if they'll have me to stay in NL to defend, try to defend a, a championship there. Oh, that's silly, man. I would try. I don't think anyone's ever won them all. You know what I mean? Like, if I were you, I would do draft and hold next year, and then I would do like AL. 
Nah, draft and hold is like the would be the hardest for me. I, I really don't like draft and hold, so I I don't like it at all. Oh, still, you you shying away from the challenge. Yeah, I, I well, I, it's just I'm not good at it. So like, it's just not a good format for me because I can't pick any, I can't pick anybody up. So that you know the job's over as soon as the season starts. As soon as the draft's over, your job is over. I don't like that. I like being able to engage. I like to be able to pick up players. I mean, that was the key for NL Tout. I'm sorry, your job is far from over. I can attest to that. Well, you got to go in and play with that roster. It's just like, yeah, I guess. Um, it's you just do not... it on Roto. On, 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 okay, on Roto. So, so that, that, makes it, that makes it much harder. Yeah. I get that. It's like, oh, you can't no, submit I, your I, transactions because, and like, it's like this one stupid error that's so hard to find. Right. And then transaction not complete. Yeah, yeah, Act, the, res. Like, do you do midweek replacements right. or midweek changes? Like, that's just. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I get all that. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay away from the draft and hold part of, part of the game. Um, the key for for me in Tout Wars was um, the the auction was really good. I was in Costa Rica at the time, and I remember I called Ariel, and he said, "Hi, you know, you did pretty good." Beach? No, no, no. I was in uh, my room. Uh, my wife and the kids were on the beach, and I was in the room, you know. And I had I was on the WhatsApp calling Ariel as soon as I was like, "Hi, you know, you did pretty good. I mean, it's not bad. It's pretty good. A lot of value. Got a lot of value there." Um, and I was like, I think I, I think I put myself in position to, I felt really good about that auction. Like I just felt like everything landed right. A $6 Jesus Lazardo, a $4 Taiwan Walker. The key thing for me, I think was Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts and um, Manny Machado, three players at undervalue price that I was able to build the whole team around, which just set me up for RBI, set me up for run, set me up for um, OBP in a really big way. And also gave me stolen bases from all three of them. All three of them gave me good amounts of stolen bases. And then uh, pickups were huge. Uh, Spencer Strider was a pickup in April. Uh, I've talked. We've talked about that before. I, I remember telling you guys, I just found a guy, and I, he's under the radar. You should go get it, Spencer Strider. And it was in playing in the NL only that I saw it because I had to go looking. You know, you got to look under the radar in these only leagues. That's the whole point. Is you got to find guys that nobody else is looking for. And I was looking for the Garrett Whitlock of the National League. I was like, who's this guy who just pitched three innings, six strikeouts, no walks, no hits, watch film, and said, that's the best pitcher I've seen in a very long time. I got him in NL Tout. We then got him in the main event, which was huge for us, which we can talk about in a couple of minutes. But um, the key was Daniel Bard was an early pickup. Tanner Scott was a pickup. And then some you know kind of savvy trades that, that worked out ended up uh, in a three-way fight. I've been talking about it all season with Phil Hertz. And Wilderman and Pryor, the three of us were, I was pretty much in first pretty much all season, except for a few days starting in like May, but it was never out of, it was like 93.5 to 92 to 91.5. It was that close and was all stolen bases. And it was all about stolen bases at the end. And then in the week, right before the final week, I popped up in stolen bases and I stole like eight bases that week. And went from like sixth place in stolen bases to first place. Was in that concerted? Bases. Was that a concerted like fab effort? Like how did yes. that? Or was that just like fine? They, they've come around to the mean. Uh, a little bit of both. I picked up Bay in uh, for Pittsburgh. Yeah. who stole me a couple of bases. Uh, that was because Tom Trudeau told me, "Hey, you should look out. If this guy comes up, he's going to steal bases." I, and I was like, "All right, whatever. It sounds good. Thanks." Um, and but Robles started to steal some bases. Corbin Carroll stole a base. All the guys that, and also picking up Corbin Carroll in June for eleven dollars, 
and then stashing him and playing him for a week, losing out. And same, I talked about this at the time. I said, I just picked up Luis Garcia for Washington and Corbin Carroll in the same week. And I'm going to take a zero for both of them, stash them on my bench. But I think they're coming up. They did come up and they were key to, uh, to winning the league. Um, and then when I got to Monday, I had to make a choice. And I talked about this, I think, on the show last week about Dussault telling me just go middle relievers. So then freaking Jesus Lazardo, who I sit, throws six innings of 12 strikeout ball um, <laughs> with no hits and like, like one hit, no runs. And then Taiwan Walker gets 10 strikeouts. But I already salted away strikeouts. And Dussault was right. Had I pitched all those guys, my number would have been higher. I could have gotten up to about 103, 104. But I figured if I just stay just locked in and try to protect ratios, I dropped from 101 at the beginning of the week to 99, stayed there, 99 to 93 to 93, and and took home the title. And I'm very, honestly, really thrilled about it, to be honest. It's it's a, it's, it's the most gratifying of all of them. You know, all, all the other leagues that I'm doing, I have partners. This one's all on my back. And it's like, all right, what do you got, Con? Can you do it against these great players? Cockroft, Zola, Gardner, uh, Gray Albright, uh Phil Hurts, like just great players. And now a trade just went down in XFL. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really grateful that, that it turned out the way that it did with NL Tout. Uh, DVR has not said a word this entire show, basically. That's not true. Uh, all right. He said like 18. DVR, any thoughts? It's an amazing season that you had. I was thinking about what you're saying with the main event team not having to stream until the very end of the season. Was that just from hitting on a bunch of late pitchers? Did you push pitching earlier in that league? How did you no. set up a roster where you weren't streaming throughout the year? No, we didn't take a pitcher till the fifth round. So our first two pitchers were in the fifth and the sixth. We took Logan Webb and you Darvish fifth, sixth. Our top four in the main event was uh, Devers, Betts. We were at 15, Devers, Betts, uh, Mullins, Judge, right? So we locked in a lot of good hitting at the top, and they all kind of stayed healthy really throughout the season, and Judge did what Judge did. Um, but then it was the Strider pickup that was the key, and the um, Hunter Green pickup was huge also, and then Reed Detmers in August. So they weren't we – never, we never streamed anybody. We didn't do one time that we paid for two-star pitchers, not once. We never did it. And we ended up, I think, top 15% in strike, top 10% in strikeouts. Our team was very balanced. We were top 10 to 15% in everything until the last day when our ERA took a real big hit because of the the guy. Um, but no, we, 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 we stayed incredibly disciplined and did not, we didn't take any risks. Anytime it was like, yeah, I don't want to. It's like, no, nah, I don't want to. We don't want to do that. Let's not do that. So no, we never streamed in, literally until that last day, and then we got eaten on the stream. But we were picking up pitchers that we liked every step of the way. We also were grabbing closers that we liked a lot. So we started out the season with Taylor Rogers and Gregory Soto. Those were our two closers. For the first half of the season, they were both awesome, right? But then we picked up like all sorts of other closers over the course of the rest of the season. So we were, you know, Peter Fairbanks, and then Josh Hader got dropped. We had Hader on our on our on our team for a while um and D- dylan floro showed up so we would just put in closers we would either at one point we Wait, had someone like, dropped i'm oh, sorry someone dropped hater during his rough rough stretch right and then you right grab yeah, phil do so phil do so dropped him did that make in, you be like uh i don't know man like if phil do dropping hater like maybe we shouldn't be picking him up 
No, it made me say, "Hey, this is Phil didn't need it. Phil was Phil. Phil and I were Phil and Rob and I were at the top of saves, just fighting it out. And he had already maxed out, I think, his and he had other closers. And he was just like, I need strikeouts, so he dropped Hater. And then at the time, it was like, Wow, we got to go pick up Hater. But then that was the week that like he dropped him right at the beginning of his Hater blow up. So by the time we picked him up, we got him for sixteen dollars. We got Josh Hader off the wire for $16 in like late August. And then we didn't really play him until the final two weeks. So it was, it was, uh, it, it was, but so that's how we stayed away from streaming was we just picked up guys and we had like four guys on our bench pitchers at all times. And we just didn't, we just matched, did matchups. So like Corey Kluber would pitch every other week and Joe Ryan would pitch like three out of four weeks and Jordan Montgomery would pretty much pitch every week. I think we sat him once or twice. But we just had a really good array of pitchers. And then guys like Logan Webb and you Darvish and uh, Spencer Strider, they were just in every week. That's how we did it. But the hitting the hitting carried us through the begin- most of the season. And then the pitching, we were really low in pitching, and then the pitching just kept climbing. Is the lesson here um, that someone could take away who wants to you know, do the Ian Conway? You should write a book, by the way. Okay. Midnight Fun. About how you work the midnight waiver wire deadline. <laughs> but I mean, is, is a lesson here like always keep churning? Like or always have a partner who you can bounce things off? Like how? I, I, if, if I have takeaways, a couple of things. One, find a really good partner that you work and work well with. And Rob and I work beautifully together. Beautifully together. We, we are in sync. We get along really well. We're really good friends. Um, outside of fantasy baseball, we're friends, uh, now through fantasy baseball, we've become good friends. But so I, I think partnering is good as long as everyone understands what their responsibilities are. But also my big takeaway is like, why Spencer Strider? I don't know if this is a churn, but it's, it's this, it's go watch film, (laughs) go watch them pitch. And you can see so much. I, I talked about it. We, we we did a month where some people are like, wow, I really like that psychological part of the game. And then somebody's like, ah, you know, I mean, it's okay. I mean, you, you're talking about your gut feeling about things. I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting. I mean, not really to me, but sure it's interesting to somebody. And thanks, Ariel. That's what he said about that. But that's how I play the game. That's That's fully how I play the game is I watch the player and I kind of try to read the tea leaves of his character. And that tells me what kind of player he's going to be. You know, it, it works for me. And that's, that's takeaway. So it's, it's not, I don't like the word churn because churning just sounds like not a lot of fun. I don't think it's churning. I think it's like, think better. Don't think, you know, work better. Don't necessarily work more. But if you see, like, look at the box scores. And if you see something that pops out to you, like Joey Manessis, I was totally, I missed on Joey Manessis. But if Joey Manessis is going three for four, like what I would be doing typically is go, it's it literally, all you have to do is go to the MLB app and press press that little spot where it says Joey Manessis, three hits, press it, watch, see what see the expression on his face when he gets to first base. Does he look happy? Does he look surprised? Or does he look like, yeah, now I finally got my shot, I'm going to show what's what. That's how I play the game. I saw someone make a an odd face the other day, and I thought of you immediately, and then I just didn't text you, I should have. Who was it? I can't remember. I can't remember what it was or anything. I just remember like, I got to ask Ian about this. Maybe it was a football player. It might have been a football player. 
but same idea. You know what I mean? I'm like now he's got now he's got me doing this. Juan Soto, man, I was watching Juan Soto in the box against Chris Bassett the other night. Bassett throws him a curveball on the first pitch, and you can read every expression of Juan Soto's face. It's really fun to watch. So the, it was the first pitch, was a really good curveball, drops in for for a strike. Soto looks at Bassett, smiles at him, nods his head, and goes, "That was a really good pitch. Throw that one again." Bassett throws it again. <laughs> Same pitch. Soto takes it again. Looks out at him with a little bit of a, well, all right, I guess you, you did what I asked you to, and that didn't go well. And then rips the next pitch, right? But watching the, the way these guys think, watching the Mets, you know, the culture of the Mets, poor Mets, man, just so sad. I, I want to make an offer to all Mets fans, and I'm, I'm not being funny with this. I'm actually being serious with this. The the New York Mets, I watched that game and I rooted for the Mets because I'm from New York. If you're from New York and you're a Mets fan, I'm going to ask you to consider. I'm going to ask, I'm calling Chris Dolan later to request this. Ariel Cohen, Alex Cushing, every Mets fan that there is, just root for Aaron Judge this year in the playoffs. He's going to be on your team in like three months anyway. So why don't you just root for the New York team and like enjoy the ride because it might be great. I'll be at the game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going with my son. That was all just a lead up to a humble brag that you're going to the Yankees game tonight. I guess if that's a brag, I, I here's the brag. I got really good. I got a really good deal on tickets. So yeah, I'll take the humble brag on. I don't know if that's a humble brag, but got a really, really, really good tickets. No, vivid, good old vivid seats. Vivid. No, it wasn't. It was StubHub. It was StubHub. I had money on oh, StubHub. How could you do and that? And as soon as how the, could here's the key. You do that. No, they didn't give me nothing. I didn't get a ten percent discount. Nothing from Vivid Seats. Nothing. 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 Here's what. Here's what happened. They hadn't announced the game. The game was set for today at one o'clock and they hadn't announced that it moved to 737. So the ticket prices were depressed because it was like, I can't go to the game. I've got to work. I've got to do a show with DVR Arnando. I'm not going to be able to go to a one o'clock game. My son's at school. So as soon as they announced it, my wife said, go get tickets right now. And I went, oh yeah, this would be the right time. And there were still some tickets that were at the 1 PM price. Now they're $150 more ticket. So we got them for under $200. A real fan would sell those tickets now and watch the game on TV. No, my son and really give, wants to Again, give game. your son the money and be like, here's a life lesson, son. Going to a game is just a 50% chance you get disappointed, man. It's true. That's true. You can watch like the same thing for free at, those... at home and cuddle on the couch and have popcorn. I was looking at all those Mets fans uh, thinking that. I, will, I, I want to talk briefly just about Devil's Rejects. I said on the show last time, we were cruising to a victory. We were cruising. We were all of a sudden we hit a we hit a an iceberg. And like all the congratulations were all over the WhatsApp. And then all of a sudden we were up three points. We were up twelve. We had like 191 out of two hundred points. And then uh and our top Greg Wellmeyer was at like one seventy eight. So like everyone was like, what a dominant, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden we got to Sunday before the season was over, three more days left. And we were at 188 and Greg was at 185. And it was like, oh my God, this sucks. But um we we finished it and we won that championship. And that meant a lot, to be honest. That was that was one that we Wilson Carman and I have been working really hard on. And it was a real bug in my bonnet. Is that what it is? Or bug in my I don't know. I think was, sand and Vaseline. I think that's it, right? It was real <laughs> that's awful um it was a, well, it was really <laughs> was but i'm glad that it worked that was out with the talking heads album was it talking oh, heads right. yeah i know about baseball i don't know much about music dvr um, knows and then, i guarantee you dvr knows 
And the last one was GDD, um, which was a good season for us. Rob and I put up a good number in that. Rob Mershak's uh, your GDD partner? Yeah. Yeah, man. Mershak's my GDD partner. We did all the prep together. I did the auction. It was online. But actually, no, this year, I think he was on the phone with me while I was doing it. Um, But we got a $5 Julio Rodriguez and a... uh, and Nestor Cortez in the fourth round of the reserve drew Rasmussen with the first round of the reserve. And we just uh, made some good trades over the course of the season and was happy to take that title. I have to say that's it. That's the season. Best season I've had. I think, I think it was the best season personally that I've, that I've had. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Diver, we should do a show. That's just Ian's partner. Like not even do, not even have Ian on just do Ian's partners and ask them like, are the constant phone calls worth the eventual wins? Like when you do a, like a cost per day analysis, cost per call, like you have to field probably 115 Ian phone calls during a season, but likely half of them at inopportune times. Is it worth the thousand dollars that you walk away with? That is easily 115 is light <laughs> for Mershak. Mershak and I are on the phone. We're on the phone almost daily. I would say we're almost on the phone daily through the season. And then on Sundays, we'd be on the phone for like two hours. It was a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. But you win. I mean, like, you know, you could put the work into it and you win. Yeah, we we did. We Rob and I put up a year, man, that we put up a year and we got lucky. It's going to be hard. We're going to come back next year, though. We're going to do we're going to do another main event and we're going to do the auction uh, NFBC auction as well. Nice. We're going to do two next year. Um, And uh, yeah, it's really cool. And I'm going to use the winnings for my son's bar mitzvah. That's what I decided. The, The money that we got from NFBC. Which is cool because I'm, you know, I'm talking a lot about being a Jew, you know, I don't know if, but, um, this is going to be a big blowout. Where are you going to do it? I don't know. You have Ariel Cohen will be there. Apparently I, I, there's some talk of hiring Ariel to be the cantor, to be the cousin, the real Ariel or no, the real Ariel Cohen. Is He's also Ian a con two face. No, 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 I couldn't do it. I, you know, I'm a really good cantor. You can tell by the by the quality of my voice. I'm a great singer, Ian. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a really great season, and we've had look guys as we wrap this season. Thank you so much. It's a it's really fun to have a home to be able to do this with you guys. You two are my best friends in the world, just people, um, and uh, and it's just great. We've done four years of this DVR. Is that right? Is this our fourth season? Yeah, it's been a blast doing this show with you guys, and a little time off now, but we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back, which is good news. Who knew? Who knows? With Nando Defino, he's so busy these days. It's not yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know what? I don't, yeah, I don't want to sound like some bit like, I feel like I, there's a recurring theme of me trying to sound like a big timer here. Like I did this and then got pulled away or like, it's just, uh, I don't, I enjoy this show so much. Uh, yeah, right. You know, come on now. Like I'm running a live blog right now at the same time. And I'm like, well, fucking, you know, it's, it's, it's taking the back seat to the show. <laughs> Why hasn't there been a post in 40 minutes? I'm like, uh, oh, <laughs> don't worry about it. The live <laughs> blog why. will be there for you at noon. <laughs> the live blog will be there for you at noon, but yeah, no, it's been it's been really fun. I hope that we've been helpful to uh, people who listen to the show, picking up players. I think so because people have reached out and thanked us uh, for for the pickups that they've that they've gotten from under the radar. Look, man, again, Nando Defino, he's got a he's got an eye for players. Milb hunting, he's really good at. It. And Derek Van Riper is, you know, I mean, the joke about DVR is he's the best voice in in radio in in fantasy baseball, and he's also just killer killer player just a, a dominant player dvr do you like how he backtracked that and just right put you right in fantasy baseball instead of just radio it's accurate not on the radio 
Well, that's why I had to backtrack. It's not on radio. I mean, if it was on radio, I would have left it at radio. But, but, uh, but thank you, thank you to everybody. When do we DVR? When do we come back? Like November or something? Yeah, probably November. Yeah, we'll just pop up every once in a while, and we'll show up, and we'll do an after dark. Um, we we should definitely do some after dark. I, I mean, I've I tried. I've tried all season to get you guys to do an after. Yeah, dark but it's nothing. it's not easy to do during the season. But in the off season, those were you know those were some glorious days. The pandemic sucked. F the pandemic. Some of the best memories of the pandemic, though, were doing late night shows with you guys. So let's do those again. Let's do those again. They were really, really fun. And we'll talk about, we'll, we'll get into 2023. I, I've already started. Like, I, I'm not stopping. I don't play fantasy football. So I'm I'm interested in, I just watch film on I Jackson. Don't know if ta- I don't know if your tactics would fly in fantasy football. Which ones? All of them. Like fantasy football, not you know people talk about trade a lot, but they never actually trade. So I don't know if that would work. I think working the phones might because a lot of a lot of fantasy football players have seen secrets in the walls, and so they you know they have that. that, Oh my god, that's Ian Khan calling me. Secrets in the walls. That's right. That's 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 the big hit. I'm laughing because I'm not sure what if I'm sure it would work. Why wouldn't it work? You know, people wonder about that. At the end of the day, the trades that I make with people. Are because they make sense for both teams. It's not people aren't getting tricked. People aren't getting tricked. I'm in trade negotiations right now with a couple of teams, and they're looking at it going, "Yeah, it's really a good offer." I'm like, "Yeah, it is. It's a really good offer. You sure you want it? Because it makes your team better, makes my team better. Should we do it?" I'm like, eh, let me think about it. And they look back at it and they go, "You know, it's really a good offer. I think I should take it." And then they take it. That's how it goes. So it's not, it's not a trick. It's just that I try to look at it from their perspective. What do you need? What do you need? Not what, not what do I need? My 12 o'clock might've just canceled, which would be really cool. Oh, we can go another half hour. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I can definitely find out. Don't worry about it. You know, we put out a good show. This is a good show. DVR said at least 23 words. We're in good shape. Come on now. Any final thoughts? Uh, DVR, any final thoughts on the season or, and on the show? Uh, congrats to our friend Steve Cozzolino. He won the overall championship in the big NFBC auction. That's hey, impressive. congratulations. Yeah, GDD That's Steve, good. listener of the show, crushed it. The commissioner of GDD. The one thing I would ask is, do you think we should be playing in leagues? Like, would you guys play in a league where, let's say, a 15-team league, $500 buy-in? Would people play in that league? Oh, I thought there was more to that question. Sure, people would play in that. People play in any league with any amount of money, I've learned. It does not matter. The problem, I think, though, at a certain point, this this is the difference between playing in home leagues or playing with your friends and playing with people you don't know. There is a certain point where the entry fee and the money involved makes playing with your friends uncomfortable. And I think a $500 entry fee for, for my friends, for people I know, that's probably on the side that makes it uncomfortable. So... I'll happily play that in the NFBC where I do have some other friends playing in the contest, but it's not a room full of my friends that I'm playing against. I feel a lot better about it at that level when it's not all people I know. And you're going to have to lose like the first three years if you came up with the idea for the league. You can't be like, I invented a league and here's some quirky rules uh, and now I'm going to win it the first two years. Yeah, but it would just be a 15 team I'm just talking about a 15-team mixed auction, so similar to GDD, but you just bump up what the what the buy-in is. Maybe maybe I'm being a jerk about it. I don't know. I, I don't think you're just, being a jerk about. It. No, I mean if you. It's just it's a lot of work. And I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, "Hey, I won my league." I was like, "Hey, great job!" 
I was like, you know, what are you happier about? The the prestige or the money? He's like, the money. I was like, really? He's like, it's $7,500. I was like, what? Yeah, man. Dude. Play high stakes then. If, yeah, if it's all about the money, just play high stakes leagues instead. You can't trade in high stakes leagues, though. It has its own little quirks, you know? It takes away a big part of that game. It does. Not that it's not fun, but it's just a different game. Well, hold on. We were talking earlier in the show about dropping some leagues because of time. Time that yeah. you're not spending on the phone and looking through other people's rosters making trades is time <laughs> you get back. That's right. So if you play leagues where you can't trade, you can save yourself time compared to leagues where you can trade and you chew up all that extra time. DVR is in the pocket of the high stakes lobby. So the only problem is I, 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 there were a number of times in the main event where I was like, God, I wish we could trade. We could really use this. You did great though. Like you, you guys had a great season. So yeah, it's, okay, that's an amazing season. So, like, what's the problem? It's not a problem. It's just not as much fun. Like one of the most fun parts of the game is that moment where you and I are going to have maybe in about fifteen twenty minutes because my twelve o'clock just canceled, which is good news for me because I don't have to run. Um, where we have fifteen twenty minutes where you and I get on a call and I say, "Hey, do you want to make a trade in this league?" And you say. Uh, yeah, maybe. What are you thinking about? And then we, you know, we tip and 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 we find the spot. And then we go here. Let's make that deal. That moment is glorious. It is a glorious moment when a trade comes through for me. Even even if they're, they're bad trades that don't end up working out, the fun of it. It's a serotonin hit, unlike anything else in fantasy baseball. It's just like wow, look at that. My whole team's different now. You know, Julio Rodriguez trading for Liam Hendricks. Crazy trade, but it's gonna, but it's gonna help us. Great, that was that's. I, I like that part of the game, you know. I mean, there were all those NFBC guys are like this. You guys, you guys aren't playing the real game. It's really this. So that's why we played in the main event this year. It was because of that. When we started out the season, and Phil Dussault was in our league, and Tyler Young was in our main event league, and all these other guys were in the league, it was like good. That's what I want. I want to go up against the best players in the game. Period. See how good are we really are. And this year we were good. Next year, totally different ballgame. It's gonna all start afresh. There's no, there's no, you don't this is none of these leagues. So one of the great things about Tout Wars, there's no carryover. One of the not so great things about Dynasty Leagues is that once you nail it and you've made a dynasty like team, though I will say, hey, DL1, DL1, baby. Alex Cushing took it the last two days. Took it. 141 to 139. He beat us. He beat us on the last two days. We had the lead all season. And then with two weeks left in the season, he was just, it, I said to Mershak six weeks ago, I was like, he's coming. And Rob was like, yeah, he may be coming. I'm like, oh, no, 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 he is coming. Like I, I've had sleepless nights over Alex Cushing. Not this year. I was frankly quite happy for him because he just had a baby. He, it, I was very, very happy for him. Cushing's a good friend, a great player. But there's no, there's no, feed over next year and fbc we all start from scratch again next year and rob and i got to do it again like you know it was, it was our first year we won the league that was great we finished top 10 that's great do it again prove it and it's gonna be hard to do because you know we, we got lucky this year in terms of our top five top six players mostly stayed healthy unlikely that that happens in the same way again but maybe maybe it does and then we'll we'll try to put on a show Either way, fantasy baseball is by far my favorite hobby in the world. Oh, no kidding. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing close. There's nothing close. I, I love it. I never want to, I, I don't need a break. I don't want a break. I want to make a trade. I've, I was on the phone with Tristan Cockroft this morning. 
Um, and I'm going to be on the phone with many people over the course of the next couple of days because it's uh, it's that season right now. I'm trying to think of three things that I could offer you. Which would you get rid? Of? Like, would you if you had to get rid of one of the three? Go for it. I can't think of the other. I mean, like, because you know, if I said acting, you're like, well, that's a job. That's not really a hobby. Um, so it's you know, I got to do this thinking like Ian DVR. Help me out here. Number one would be Ariel Cohen impressions. Okay. <laughs> number two would be playing tennis against Ariel Cohen. And number that's three would fun. be you can only play in There's one no fantasy. Fun, you can only play in one fantasy baseball league every year. I'll give up. I'll give up. Uh, certainly playing tennis against Ariel Cohen. I can give that up. That's not. That is not a. He's he's great at so many things. That's not one of them. Um, I could give up the R.L. Cohen impression. I didn't really do that many this year, though. We didn't do any phone calls this year, really. Did we, DVR? I think there was at least one R.L. voice per episode, and there were three, oh, there three was, or there, four different things no. at the end. One of them was No, Fred there was Weller, just though. one. It was only the pickleball one. The pickleball. That was it. I think that I think was there it. Might I think have been that a couple the... earlier in the year. It's been a no, while. no. It was all last year. It was all last season. I, I haven't been doing the George Washington conversations with Ariel Cohen. I, I'd love to do it actually. Now that I think about it, maybe I'll do one as soon as the show's over. I, I have a good one in my head now that I definitely want to do. But no, he's he, Ariel. Wait, we should make some thanks to people who guessed it on the show this year. Glenn Colton, thank you so much, sir. Um, Ariel Cohen, I think he must have been on two or three times. And, and, you know, when I'm on the show, you remember, uh, Patrick Davitt joined us this year. Did Cushing join us this year? Or was that last season? That was last year. Who else? Was there anyone else who joined us this year during one of Nando's, uh, you know, vacations? Davitt, Colton. I remember Davitt because that was the most recent. Yeah. And Ariel, I think that might be it. But we're going to be doing, uh, in the off season, we will be bringing guests on. Uh, from time to time, because we want to do shows, because it's fun, and uh, and that's it. We we really drag this out in a in a loving way, but just know that we we're grateful to you for coming along for the ride with us. Let us know how you did in your leagues, um, and thanks for listening. You know, right? Eh? I uh, actually have to run. We we're currently running a dead blog on the fantasy football. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs>